Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. Uh, we are here again to talk more Star Wars this time. Uh, we've been on a Star Wars kick lately in the past uh, few episodes, along with uh, a little bit of indie mixed in. But uh, today we'll be talking some new announcements that happened at Star Wars Celebration earlier this year, last month in, in England. And uh, there was some some pretty cool stuff overall, you know, the, the Disney Plus shows, some movies were announced. That's what, we'll be, what, what we will be getting into is the three movies that were announced and the, what they'll be addressing. But before we get into that, I have my friend all the way from Michigan here to join us, uh, Harry. How are you doing, Harry? Doing great. Thanks, Justin. It's yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, I know it's late out there, but it's still the sun's still out here for me. So um, we're here to talk about these movie announcements that were that came out. Um, you know, I was a little tongue in cheek when they were announced. I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes because Lucasfilm does have a track record at least the last couple years about announcing movies or projects, and then a couple months later, a year later. They backtrack and are like, well, you know that movie we announced with uh, uh, Rogue Squadron and uh, Ryan Johnson's movie trilogy? Yeah, those aren't, those are suspended indefinitely. <laughs> and so there's been a number of movies that haven't gone anywhere. And it, I don't know, do you think they're serious this time around, Harry, as far as what we've seen and heard? I don't know. Um... I've got to wait and see because like with Rogue Squadron, I mean, they had basically a pre-trailer trailer yeah. and it seemed like this was a done deal or, and like possibly already in production. And, um, I'm, I'm sure you remember it, that one, with the big X-Wing and mm-hmm. Patty Johnson and the pilot gear and, yeah. uh, and then boom, it's gone. So yeah, know. she did a whole emotional speech. My dad was a fighter pilot. This project is some means something to me. You know, she was bought in. She was in, and then just kind of went away. Yeah, so I don't, I don't even know how I feel. Um, I'm excited that there's more projects announced, but at mm-hmm. the same time, with their their track record over this last year <laughs> or two, it's like, yeah, next month they're going to cancel them, or next year they're going to cancel them, and. Yeah, we'll put out a few updates here and there, like, "Oh, the script's done. Oh, we've selected filming locations." Just kidding, we didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, we've postponed it indefinitely. So, like you, I'm hesitant to buy into it. I'm hopeful though, because Star Wars is at its best when it's a movie release, right? Even you know the much maligned Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker episodes eight and nine. Those were events, right? People showed up. It was a big deal. Whether you liked the movie or not, you went. You were excited. Um, you know, the fallout was different. It was a different story. But, uh, you know, Star Wars is best when it's a movie, in my opinion. That's been the history, and that's when it's uh, been fun. Yeah, for sure. It's that's a big screen thing. Um, mm-hmm. Even, like, can you imagine going and having a long marathon watch of a Mando season on the big <laughs> screen? How cool that would be. Just because the, the spaceship battles, the, the mm-hmm. fight scenes, everything would just be so much better on that, that big screen. And like you said, an event. You go with your friends, maybe dress up with your friends. You plan it out and turn it into an event versus TV. So I am excited, but uh, cautious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, looking back, what has been like your favorite release? You know, from the original trilogy, the special editions, the prequels, the sequels. What has been your favorite 
you know, movie that you were just like, yeah, I can't wait to go. You go, it's awesome. And it's just amazing all the way around. What's, what's been your favorite so far? Um, you know, I don't know, probably just the whole prequel trilogy because I don't have super good memories of the original trilogy. Right. And then there was the dark times from, you know, 83 till the special edition and the special edition was a lot of fun, but then seeing that lead up to Phantom Menace and the various mm -hmm. trailers and, uh, but then, um, I was really excited, um, for, uh, Revenge of the Sith, that huge battle, of course, out there at the beginning. And, yeah. Um, just, uh, there was a wow factor watching that movie, just like, holy smokes, this is awesome. This is Star Wars. Mm -hmm. so, so, I don't know, probably just Revenge of the Sith is probably my, that, yeah. that's the one I would, got the most excited about. It was closing out the prequel trilogy, but it was also just an epic, an epic movie, and there was going to be so, so much cool stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think the prequels, because we were older, you know, like you, I, I remember going to the, the original trilogy in theaters, but it wasn't, I don't know, I just remember going and liking it. <laughs> but with the prequels, it was like this thing where the, the advertising, the toys, the merch it was, you know, weeks in advance. So everybody's just getting hyped. And then we went and saw it and had, had a good time. Um, so overall, the prequels, but I do remember episode seven. I was pretty hyped for that. Um, and I did like episode seven, but I think probably the, I don't know if I want to say episode one, probably episode one overall, because it was, you know, Star Wars is back. I uh, went, well, I went multiple times for all of them, but you know, went multiple times for the first time in a long time, you know, was it uh, 15 years or so since the last Star Wars movie, new Star Wars movie. So, uh, yeah, I would say the prequels. Just the whole time, everyone is excited. There's a lot of energy. A lot of, there's some negative energy, but there, I think there's more positive energy, at least where I was sitting, where the, you know, the, the experiences I had. So, yeah, definitely. And it was uh, early, like in the internet era, right? Where people yeah. were sending links to the trailers, like, oh, did you see the new trailer? Yeah. And um, that contributed to all of that energy and excitement where you're mm -hmm. just like, oh, what's going to come out next? And Mm -hmm. and, there's a lot of theories you know who's what's who's who's count dooku and you know all the you know all these things these fan theories there were there wasn't like a social media necessarily at least in the beginning it was like chat rooms or forums where people go and right you'd read all the theories and speculations and stuff so it was, it was pretty fun a lot of energy a lot of excitement people were talking about it constantly yeah it had been so long since there was new stuff and we we're just really really excited Mm -hmm. yeah it was good overall so uh but yeah i don't know if these movies will have similar gravitas but i'm looking forward to them but let's you mentioned uh, the mandalorian seeing that on the big screen uh so let's get into that aspect one of the movies that was announced uh was a, a dave filoni project and bringing the mandalorian I'll whip multiple Disney Plus series together into, I'm guessing it's a big finale. I don't know. Maybe a finale or is it a sequence of movies? I don't know. But it's Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, or what we're, uh, what we know so far. Um, I don't know if the new, the upcoming skeleton crew will be a part of that. I don't know where that sits in the Filoni Favreau verse, uh, but that's kind of what they're thinking. Uh, is at least those three. So, and I'm, 
I'm assuming there's no dates, but I'm assuming it's at least, I mean, 2025 at the earliest, the earliest of maybe 2027 around there is what I'm thinking. Uh, as far as, you know, and it's been rumored for a while that there would be kind of like an Avengers type movie, bringing all these players together into one movie. Uh, does that sound interesting to you, Harry? Is that something you'd go see in the, in the theaters? Oh, absolutely. Um, these TV shows have been really fun, right? And then, like I said, getting to see them on the big screen would be super cool. And there's been kind of crossovers, right? These different mm-hmm. characters have shown up in the other series. And, I mean, there was that negativity about, you know, Book of Boba Fett was just um, the Mandalorian season 2.5. Yeah. Um, but they're existing in a shared universe in a very narrow time frame. So having a, a movie where they all come together in some way and kind of wrap up their different series, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that's probably the one of the three announced that I'm the most excited for. Okay. Uh, the, the, and that one of the announcements also said, Dave Filoni will orchestrate the escalating war between the Imperial Remnant and the fledgling New Republic. So doesn't sound like First Order will be shown maybe alluded to it on some level, but it's going to be still focusing on Imperials versus Rebels, or I guess the New Republic. Um, and it's already been seven years or so since the end of Return of the Jedi in the current up, up to episode or season three of uh, Mandalorian. Uh, so I don't know, and I don't know where it's going to go. Like where is the Imperial Remnant? Because we did have... Um, What's his name? <laughs> the the bad guy in the Mandalorian, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, we right. did see him, and he's allegedly dead. That's there's theories around that that he's not, but uh, that was just a clone of his that died. But we did see that Shadow Council. Um, that I think you know we're going to see more of those guys in upcoming seasons of Mandalore, Mandalorian, and kind of their, um, what they've been doing is going to be further revealed. And then in, in Ahsoka, we got potentially Grand Admiral Thrawn coming back with his, I don't know if it's just him coming back or does he have like a, a force, like a, a Imperial force with him or what? Um, and any thoughts on, on that? Uh, the Imperial, the escalating war. So um, it's not, petering out it's ramping up again between the imperial remnant and the fledgling new republic what are your thoughts on that harry um yeah i mean the shadow council was cool to see right um and it tied in the the imperium with krennic sitting there mm. and um like well uh, krennic was no no Kren- no krennic was not you're yeah. right I'm, I'm confusing the two shadow councils yeah yeah um, too but they had alluded to various moths causing problems, right, um, in, in different areas. Mm-hmm. And, and they've made clear implications that the New Republic doesn't have any force projection power. Um, and even when Navarro is under, under siege by the pirates, the New Republic's just like, well, can't really take care of it, so they're on their yeah. own. Yeah. And um, so they've written off large swashes of the... Uh, Republic space really that that nominally they control which opens up 
to to any warlord or pirate or or disgraced moth with whatever forces he has to kind of build a little enclave. Mm-hmm. So if they've been doing this across the galaxy, how many places have they not intervened in? Mm-hmm. Um, is it war weariness? Is this what it is? This is um, they're, so they're stretched after the civil war. I think that could be part of it, but I also think they're stretched thin with resources. Uh, there was so much to do because we never saw the end of the war, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on the big screen, we saw the the Battle of Endor, and then that was it. But um, in other places, in books and, and comics, um, we know that there were continuing battles. I mean, we see the remnants of it in um, The Force Awakens, all those downed Star Destroyers on Jakku. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so there was, you know, more fighting going on. So yeah, stretched thin, worn out. And, um, if there's forces kind of hiding out, then it gives them an opening to come back mm-hmm. because I think that was one of the criticisms of the force awakens is we have Jedi and it looks like the empire has been defeated and, you know, the emperor's dead and then, you know, the biggest ships in this fleet are gone. And then we have the Force Awakens, and like, holy smokes, here's the First Order, or with a whole, you know, with Planet Killer and like squadrons of Tie Fighters and Tie Bombers again. Like, yeah. where did they come from? Basically, the Empire 2.0, because all the the stormtroopers right. look similar, the ships looked similar. Yeah. Yeah, um, and there's just what happened. Where did they come from all of a sudden? So this, to me, gives an opportunity to explain how the Remnant turned into the First Order. Mm-hmm. And how in such what seems like a short time frame had quite a bit of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do hope they get into that because that is, I think that would bolster the sequels even more. Like it would strengthen them. A lot of the criticism would be addressed, hopefully. And uh, I think, and there's just a mystery about it. It's like the Clone Wars from, you know, when we watched the original trilogy, what's the Clone Wars? You know, I think, it has that type of mystery. Like where do these guys come from? And we've gotten hints here and there, but I think hopefully the Dave Filoni film will, as it ends, it leads into the first order or at least the, like there's a teaser at the end, you know, end credit scene of the first order, you know, so how do they start up? So hopefully we get that and maybe they'll do a Disney plus series about the, the beginnings of that. I don't know. But I think the the opportunities are there for them to grab it and do something awesome with it. Hopefully they do. So, uh, but yeah, I think you know, Mandalorians. As far as the Mandalorians, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and you know the Phoenix Squadron, basically, how would they would they be coming together to fight the Imperial Remnant, or along with the the New Republic, or? Kind of how do you see that those those themes those themes that we have um, been shown in these Disney Plus series and in Star Wars Rebels even how do they transfer over to a movie against fighting the Imperial Remnant? What do you think? I think that goes into the the New Republic is stretched thin. They're not helping out here in the Outer Rim. And um, Navarro and uh, Tatooine and Lethal are all outer rim territories, outer rim planets. If there's no, um, not or not no, but a very little New Republic presence, 
mm-hmm. that it, it, it kind of forces them to band together if there's a, a threat that, that could take over the outer rim. Uh, because individually, they're all weak. Uh, united, they have a lot more strength. And I think it might the, the possibility is to push them together to fight this, whatever the threat is, this remnant threat together because they just they literally can't do it alone and they will have yeah. to come together. Mm-hmm. Do you think you, we would see a, a big Mandalorian army, at least a larger one that we've seen so far come together and kind of help out the new um, Republic? Do you think that would no, be an that's option? A, that's a distinct possibility. Um, gathering friends for their reconquest of, of Mandalore. Um, you know, these various parties of, of mercenary Mandalorians that are throughout the galaxy start showing up mm-hmm. and little by little, but Oh, Katan, um, you know, rebuilds her force and then uses them, um, in combat. Just what, what better way to train to, to take back your planet and protect it than to have, you know, a uh, minor war ahead of time mm-hmm. and keep your troops busy. Yeah. So it's a distinct possibility to me. Um, and everybody loves Mandalorian. So let's yeah. put a whole ton of them on screen. Yeah, can you imagine, you know, the last episode of season three of The Mandalorian, there was that huge battle, Mandalorian fight scene between the Mandalorians and the Imperial Commandos, or whatever they were, I guess they were the the new dark troopers uh, in their Mandalorian armor, basically, right? Can you imagine right. having some type of battle like that on just, just magnified 10 times on the on the big screen with, oh, yeah. with them flying around? That would be amazing. Right. So it takes us back to the Clone Wars and these huge battles mm-hmm. with, you know, tons of troops. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it would be super cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good model that, that Lucasfilm should use with Star Wars, at least, is, you know, have all these uh, stories on Disney Plus that take time to unfold and, you know, have this character development and story development and universe building and then have these big events like a... Uh, Imperial Remnant versus New Republic battle on the big screen, right? I think that's a good model to follow because then you don't have to have all these movies. Like, I think where Solo failed with the general public is it's just character development, right? It's a backstory of a character. And I enjoyed it a lot and I thought it was great. But, you know, that would be also a great Disney Plus series, you know, five, six episodes of a, a Disney Plus series on Han Solo and his adventures, right? Um, I don't think that necessarily is uh, something uh, most people, obviously most people didn't want to see it on the big screen, but if you have a rogue one or a, uh, a return of the Jedi battle of Endor type experience, that's a big screen story. So I think if they were able to take that model and run with it, I think Star Wars would be, uh, successful for a long time. Yeah, because there's there's all kinds of yeah. I mean, I guess uh, thinking about it, Solo could be that could have been a, a great TV series as well. Mm-hmm. That same movie broken up into six or eight episodes. Um, develop these characters, get people familiar with them and popular, and then have a big movie event. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of events in the Star Wars history that would would benefit from that. You know, you build the crew over mm-hmm. a couple of series and have the big movie, and you're just like. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would. It would make it successful for a long time, and um, I think it would not lower the costs, but um, the risks. Mm-hmm. Because as you take time to develop these people, they're already popular before you have the big movie. 
and then you don't run the risk of the movie being not as successful as they want. So, you know, they got to make half a billion dollars or it's not going to make the next one. But. Yeah. So I'm like you. I loved Solo. I thought it was great. Um, but Han was my favorite character from the very beginning. Yeah. So getting to see more of him, I was like, okay, this is perfect. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. A lot of potential there. I think as, you know, in Dave Filoni and John Favreau said earlier, I think before season three came out, that they don't really have an end goal. <laughs> like there's no end story. So I'm assuming this movie would be an end story, or maybe not. Maybe The Mandalorian continues after. Maybe we see more of uh, Grogu and Din Djarin in their adventures. I don't know. But I think that would at least be a good waypoint where some of the story ends and then they start a new story, a new chapter of the story at least. But uh, let's say this movie comes out early so let's say it comes out 2027. So that's four years away from now. We would get two, maybe three seasons of the Mandalorian, you know, more stories, probably two, two seasons. So that'd be five seasons total. That's a, that's a good chunk of, of uh, content to you know, build a movie off of. So uh, I, I think it's a good, good model that they use. Yeah. Cause I think, I think you're right. 2027 is probably the earliest we're going to see this. Unless mm-hmm. this movie's been in development longer than we know. Yeah. Because um, if they just announced it and they're just starting this, we're definitely probably four years out, a year to write a script, mm-hmm. a year to do post-production, you know, six months to film, and then a year to uh, to uh, do post-production, CGI stuff, and and then start hyping it. So yeah. Four years. Um, it's pretty reasonable. And we don't know which one is going to come out first, right? We don't know if it's going to be this one or one of the other two um, and how they're going to space it out. So I think I think the one that is probably the easiest to develop would be the Dave Filoni series because it has all the characters, got story elements. You just got to come up with a good script if they haven't already. Um, and then go from there. While the other two, you kind of have to develop from scratch. Um so I, I think this one might see, come out first. I, uh, this is Dave Filoni verse. Uh, so you even have movie. things like the costumes are already done. Yeah. Right? Um, so there's less time in that pre-production of, of building all of this armor and weapons and costumes and, and just deciding on makeups and all of that. Yeah. A lot of these characters are already done. You take them right because the, the small screen, the, the, the costume just as good as a big screen. So, some of that's ready, so I'll, I, I agree. I yeah. think that one would is theoretically, or ideally, the one that's closest to being put into production and being released. Yeah, yeah. Unless so they're secrets, a, they're not telling us. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> it's true. Um, the the next up, uh, the next one I want to talk about is James Mangold, who's who's directed Logan uh, from the X Men franchise, as well as the new Indiana Jones film Dial of Destiny that's coming out here in a couple weeks next month. Um, he's going to be doing a going back to the dawn of the Jedi set a, a time set tens of thousands of years earlier than some, anything we've ever seen before. And he, um, I think that's uh, really all that's been revealed. Um, there's speculation yeah. that they might address 
you know, the prime Jedi, who was the, who was the very first Jedi, uh, that founded the order. And, you know, we saw the, the first Jedi temple. Is it going to be, you know, that kind of thing where he, he builds that or that Jedi builds that. And, you know, what's, what's that all about? So, uh, maybe Knights of the Old Republic type stuff. I think that would be their biggest, um, I don't know, that would make the most sense. A lot of fans like the Knights of the Old Republic video games and want to see a movie about it. So uh, what do you think about this idea of going way back to the beginning of the Jedi and you know, setting up a storyline there? I think it's pretty exciting. Um, I think there is some a little bit of danger in it that I think there's some Jedi overload and <laughs> some of the fans don't want to see Jedi anymore. They want to see other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we look at the success of Andor, not a single Jedi in sight, and it's been quite popular with both fans and, and casual viewers. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. I think it's a very interesting story because we jump right in to, you know, the Jedi are fabled in a new hope. And then we go to Phantom Menace and we see the Jedi, I don't know, not at the height of their power, kind of the waning days of their power mm-hmm. uh, when there's lots of them. And then we see them decimated in Order 66. And so this would be another important point in the history of the Jedi. And for, I think for a lot of fans, they'd be really excited about it. Yeah. Um, so I thought it sounded like a great, a very interesting movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, has anything ever been written about this? Is there anything in comic books or novels that you're aware of? Uh, I am. There has been stuff, story. I think mostly comics told way back when, um, but not not a lot, uh, if anything. Um, Substant like long term, I guess. Uh, I think Knights of the Old Republic is the furthest furthest they've gone back, maybe a little bit further, but you know nothing as far as I know. Um, Prime Jedi type type things. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say. Uh, yeah, there was an Old Republic series from twenty five thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, but this movie potentially goes back five thousand years before that, then, right? And they say like 30,000 years before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in any regard, it will be new material for almost everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's some content here and there, but nothing, not a lot. And it's comics from previous, you know, prior to the Disney buyout. So it'll just be rewritten if they want to. So... Uh, I'm, I'm interested. I think you got to hit these waypoints, you know, these, these posts, these posts, uh, points. I don't know what the right phrase is there, but you know, Hey, when did the Jedi start? When did they fall? What happens next? You know, we've, so we've kind of hit those things and, you know, where does Yoda come from? I think we got to see these stories. We don't need to necessarily have Disney plus series with multiple seasons, but, um, or a trilogy of movies, but I think we need to see these things. Because uh, it's one thing to read a book about it. Books and comics have their place and they're cool. But a movie is like definitive, right? This is how it happened. <laughs> and right. I think that's what we need to see in these. Because, yeah, we do want to know the history of the Jedi. We we know the future. We know what happened in the sequels. And so, and then they're going to address that in the next movie. We're going to talk about what happens after that. But um, 
I think there it's a lot of rich storytelling opportunities to have these, you know, these uh, touch points. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. And then from there, they could even like there'll probably be some stuff brought up in this movie um, that's you know, hey, before the Jedi, this is how it was, and they could go back even further and do other things that aren't necessarily with Jedi. You know, maybe it's about the Force or just galaxy living. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential with these. We don't really have a lot of info, so we'll we'll see. Um, but it does seem to that it would it would make sense that they would talk about how the Jedi were formed, the first Jedi temple, these you know sacred texts that Luke refers to. Um, so, and there could be a through line because if it is involving the the sacred texts of the Jedi, you know, this third movie we're going to talk about with Ray. She's building the new Jedi Order um, after um, Rise of Skywalker using these Jedi texts. So maybe there's some synergy there, story synergy there. That would, uh, you know, way back when this guy prophesied about these things and then Ray's fulfilling that prophecy or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So I think that would be a good, right. good story thread that they could use. Um, and, and I think. Um I mean, this is just me and what I would like to see. I, I, I like those threads tied in because I mm-hmm. always like those. Um, and I, but I think they should be subtle. Yeah. Um, so the hardcore fans see it and love it even more, but it needs to be accessible for all the fans. Um, and I think a good lesson with the, the most this recent D&D movie um, where it's accessible to everybody because it's just a good film on its own and it doesn't matter where it stands anywhere or what it connects to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of this other stuff that ties it into other things um, just deepens the experience for those that care. Yeah. Um, and I think Disney would be like, they really need to look into that because um, there's got to be way more casual fans than hardcore fans. And mm-hmm. most people watching Star Wars movies have never considered when the first Jedi became a Jedi. Um unlike nerds like us who <laughs> <turn> <laughs> often discussed and, um, and we remember things like the sacred text. Yeah. Do other people even remember that she got those, you know, and saved those from the fire that Luke set and, and she's been stashing them for a while. Do, do yeah. people remember? I do yeah. because I was like, Ooh, the sacred text. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible to rebuild the Jedi order now for sure. Um, and, uh, so I think there's a lot of possibility in this. And this is not, I mean, I'm not going to lie, pretty excited. Um, seeing the beginning is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of potential there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully they announce some more information about it soon in the next few months. That'd be, that'd be good to have. Um, the last movie that was announced uh, is set 15 years after The Rise of Skywalker with Ray. Um, she, so this is what Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm said about it. Well, we're 15 years out from rise of Skywalker. So we're post-war post first order and the Jedi are in disarray. Um, last I heard there was only one Jedi left Ray, but, uh, there's a lot of discussion around who are the Jedi? What are they doing? What's the state of the galaxy? She's attempting to rebuild the Jedi order based on the books Based on what she promised Luke, so that's where we're going. 
Uh, she also said, the First Order has fallen. The Jedi are in, are in chaos. There's even a question of how many exist anymore. And Rey's building the new Jedi Order based on the text that she was given and that Luke imparted on her. So it's a rebuilding of the Jedi Order. Um, but I don't know. It seems like the Jedi Order have fallen. I mean, The Last Jedi was the title of, <laughs> of one of the movies. And Luke died. And as far as we know, Rey's the only Jedi. Uh, so I guess, you know, 15 years, maybe more force users come out of the, the woodwork now that the first order is gone, or maybe there's a couple Jedi still hiding. Um, but I don't know why would she want to rebuild the Jedi order? Like is, it just seems like every time there's a Jedi order, it just causes problems. (laughs) There's wars and Sith show up and all these Right. Every time there's Jedi, the Sith show up. (laughs) Yeah. So did, um, would you even want to do that? I guess so, but I don't know. That's that's not what I got out of that that last scene that she was like, now I'm going to go build the Jedi Order again. But, right. Because um, the Sith seem to just be able to crawl out of the woodwork, right? If you read <laughs> yeah. the history. Yeah. If they're, even if they're all dead, uh, a century later, a new Sith shows up. Yeah. Like, um, there, there's some online learning class to become a Sith Lord. Yeah. Um, however they gain their power it, it's they don't need an actual other Sith Lord because frequently they're they're you know at least after the rule of two um, they're both dead and there's a, a, a time of peace but then boom here comes Sith again mm-hmm. just you know over and over and over so um, would rebuilding the Jedi just invite them back um, or is it risking the Sith coming back and not having anybody that can stand against them yeah um, and I think the only other potential force user we saw was that little boy. Um, I can't think of the casino planets. Yeah. The name of it. Um, we, we don't care. Just that quick scene. <laughs> yeah. You know, after, um, you know, he picks up broom, the broom. Broom boy. Broom boy. Yeah. So there's potentially some force users out there. Yeah. But how does, I'm sure how does Ray are. identify them? Yeah. Does she go steal them from their parents like the old Jedi Order did? Or... Is there more cooperation between families and the Jedi? Because I think that was a, a sticking point. One of the downfall is there's no attachments, right? Right. And if you don't have attachments, you don't care. On you know, to some degree, you don't care about yeah. uh, you know your, your family, which is a huge influence on you. So I, I think that was part of the lesson of the Clone Wars was attachments made the Jedi that had them stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and by forcibly removing Anakin, who desperately needed attachments, or, or you know, kind of putting up walls around the attachments he he needed, um, kind of channeled him towards Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was uh, uh, a father figure, him and Obi Wan. Right, right. Um, and had he openly been able to say, like, "Hey, this is my my babe wife, and you know, we got mm-hmm. married, and it's cool." Um, he wouldn't have had that fear yeah. that eventually drove him to the dark side. Um, exactly. But, and, oh, and with attachments, um, you're going to fight harder to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, ah- Ahsoka was attached to people. Um, so even some of the clones, when they were attached to various individuals, they fought harder, better, longer. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think the Jedi had lost their way at some point and, um, in a misguided attempt to be, you know, warrior monks. Um, <laughs> so this is also an opportunity for, well, 
this you know gets into the the haters right they're like well they're gonna you know go full feminist on it because of course they're gonna have ray a woman rebuild the jedi <laughs> order and it's gonna be magically better just because it's her yeah. um I, I can hear it already yeah um, which is kind of why i stay off most of the forums because people are idiots but she does have an opportunity here to change things mm-hmm. where there's, like you said, cooperation. Like, do you want your child to become a Jedi? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, um, at so least allow, allow the family to visit, <laughs> you know, right. have some contact there, like going away yeah. to school or something. You still have Christmas vacation or, you know, these holidays right. you can visit. Yeah. It, it's a boarding school, but you go home for, yeah. for vacations and um, your parents can call you on, you know, uh, yeah. holidays or whatever. Um, and yeah. it, to me, it would keep the Jedi more part of all of the people. Yeah. This is the very insular, um, just you know, like isolated group who has lost connection and touch with everybody around them, mm-hmm. which I think is what blinded them. I agree. Now that you brought that up, I think that was a huge uh, disservice, right? Because they they knew of the Jedi, but they didn't really know them. And then when Palpatine, Palpatine turned around and said, oh, they're traitors. Everybody's like, okay, we don't know them, so I guess that's true. Probably. You know? I mean, maybe. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know yeah. any Jedi, so yeah. I guess. So just you know, not, not having any contact with just the normal people, other than when they show up to kick some butt and then leave. You know, right. There's, there's not a lot of context. Where, um, you know, if they're living out amongst the people versus like isolated in this Jedi temple and like, you know, only being seen when there's a fight or mm-hmm. negotiation, um, if they're always there, then they're going to have those connections. And these mm-hmm. people have been like, no, they're not traitors. I like, I've seen this person fighting for the last 10 years for the Republic. Yeah. Um, there's no way this person's a traitor. Yep. You know, on, on the word of one person, we're going to believe him that hundreds or thousands of people are traitors. No. But when no one knows him or knows them, like you said, then they're like, well, maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. he sees them more than I do. <laughs> yeah. I've never even talked to a Jedi. Like, uh, so it's, I think there's a, a, a chance to make the Jedi Order stronger long term. Yeah, um, learn from their mistakes. If they choose to learn from their mistakes. Um, Maybe it's tearing a page out of one of the sacred texts where some <laughs> delusional old Jedi is like, this is the best way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of potential there. I mean, I'd like to see the Jedi Order rebuilt and have a different outcome next time. Um, yeah. I think that would be interesting to see. But like you said, there's going to be opposition because the Force is a balance of things. There has to be balance in the Force. So if if the light side rises, the dark side has to rise as well. So is that going to be the source of conflict? I mean, I don't have a problem with Sith and Jedi conflict, but it seems like that's all it is, right? Every time there's a Sith, there's got to be a Jedi, vice versa. Are there other things that could potentially show up? Like, I don't know, because I think we get caught up in, well, the Jedi are a representation of the light side and Sith are a representation of the dark side. But not necessarily. There can be light side users, force users, and dark side force users without having them be Jedi or Sith, right? They can be something else, have a different philosophy or a different take on things. It could be interesting to see like Sith who are, you know, given who have hate and envy and jealousy, but yet they still do positive things. I don't know if that's possible, but that would kind of flip things on its head to be like, 
you know, we're not just bad guys. We also do, I don't know, other things. That's, that's what I would like because they get pigeonholed into good versus bad, which is kind of the, the Star Wars story. But, you know, how could we develop the concept of a Sith further into just not being the bad guy all the time, right? The evil guy who wants to rule the universe. You know, what else can they do besides that? So I, I think there's some potential from Darth Maul's story, right? Yeah. Where he becomes this crime lord, but it almost seems like he's holding the crime lord, the crime syndicates in check and mm-hmm. keeping them from just running rampant and being such a pain in the butt that everybody has to fight them. Yeah. Um, you know, and with his Sith power being far vastly more powerful than anybody else, any of the huts or the pikes or, Crimson Dawn or anybody, anybody else. He's just so much more powerful mm-hmm. that he can hold them in line by his force of will alone. And then um, they listen to what he says, right? Um, just rewatch the um, final four the f- episodes of the Clone Wars where, you know, he's like, he tells them to go into hiding. Um, and they do, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I guess there's a possibility for them to carve out an area of space and, and create like a, an empire or a, a kingdom of sorts that's um, just not part of the Republic, but not necessarily super evil. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, they do have that whole, is it wild space area? I don't know if you've seen the new galaxy yeah. maps. There's like the whole one side of the galaxy hasn't even been touched. Right. <laughs> so. And then we go back to outbound flight, right? This beyond yeah. known space. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's so many places. The galaxy's yeah. huge. There's so yeah. many stories they could tell. Yeah, I think that's what I what I'm getting down to is I want to see other stories. If they have a Jedi element, cool, Sith element, cool. But what's what are some other things we could do with this massive right. universe with so many planets, right. so many people, so many players? What else can we do? Right. Um, so. There's just there's, there's so many characters. There's so much possibility. Um, and and I think that's that there is some some what do you call it fatigue. Mm-hmm. With um, dark versus light in all of the stories, because for nine movies now, um, ten if you count uh, Rogue One, it's been light versus dark, um, the rebellion or the Republic versus um, rising darkness. Yeah. Um, can can we do other stories that are just super fun and a really interesting story? That's not just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what I want to see. And I think Ryan Johnson's trilogy, I mean, Ryan Johnson has you know, his uh, detractors. And and I think if he were to develop his own story in a different corner of the universe that doesn't rely on these other things, you know, Luke Skywalker, you know, all these established characters, so you won't mess them up, you know, you put that in quotation marks, I guess, Um I think because he, he's a good director, he's a good storyteller. The other movies right. that he's done outside of Star Wars have usually gotten a lot of praise, and people like him. I know I do. Uh, I just, you know, that whole Less Jedi thing. But um, so if he could have his own place where he could build his own thing, build his own stories, develop his own character, I think it would be really good. And so whether it's him or someone else having that opportunity to do something like that, I think they should really embrace and move forward with that. And I don't know what's taking them so long um, to do that. And, and that, you know, the 
detractor of Disney and, and the current state of Lucasfilm in me always says it's because you have this big studio that has these ideas of how things need to be run mm-hmm. and you end up with a script by committee with this this governing board trying to determine how a movie's made and and stripping some of the autonomy away from a director. Yeah. Um, and I think Ryan Johnson is the type of writer-director that needs to just be able to do his own thing without other people trying to stick their fingers into the mix mm-hmm. and say, well, I don't like this. Let's do this. I don't understand this. Let's do that. Where he's got that, that vision to tell the story beginning to end and they need to leave him alone and let him do it. Yeah. And it just seems like Disney's incapable of doing that currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was the problem with rise of Skywalker is they pretty much dictated how that was going to be, which didn't work. So, in it, even in the TV series, I think we're seeing little bits of it in these episodes that just aren't good. Despite yeah. having a good director, that the directors have directed other episodes that have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then you get a, a much weaker one, and then everybody's screaming for blood for that director. It's like, no, it's not that director. It was the story for that episode. And whose nephew's best friend's cousin um, <laughs> got to write that because... Somebody at Disney said, I want this person to have writing credits. And like that person is 12 years old. They should be writing for Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, so, and so that, that, that's my hope for all three of these movies and any of the other futures is that they learn from their mistakes um, and let these directors develop these projects um, with their own vision versus this, this, um, this pseudo collective vision that Disney tries to maintain, or that at least it seems like from the outside, it just seems like they're constantly messing with things that they don't need to mess with. And then we have projects that don't reach their potential. Yeah. So we know James Mangold, you know, we've heard his name. We've seen his movies. We know Dave Filoni, same thing. Uh, the guy who's be the person who's doing, um, this new Ray film, Charmaine Obai Chinoy. Who's Never done? Heard of him. Yeah, me neither. Uh, this person's done Ms. Marvel and a movie called Saving Face, which I haven't seen either of those. Uh, but this person is taking over from uh, Damon Lindelof, and I can't remember the other guy. But uh, Damon Lindelof has done Watchmen. Uh, he was involved with Lost and a couple other. I don't think he's really done any movies per se, but he's done a lot of good TV shows. And his his perspective was, <laughs> it was still going to be Ray, but it was going to be like a like an old old woman Ray, right? Uh, played by someone else. I can't remember the name. It was some other famous actress. Helen Mirren was tossed out. Yeah, that's right, Helen Mirren. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I think I don't know. No problem with Helen Mirren, but if we're going to use Ray, why aren't we using Daisy Ridley, right? Right. Um, while we still can. Yeah, yeah. Right. While she still got the look and. You know, she's that's that's Ray, right? That's Whether Ray. you like her or not, that's that's Ray. So I'm uh, glad they made that change. We've never seen yet, right, where um, there's been two different actors playing the character old and young. Uh, Other than, I guess, Anakin, you know, because uh, young Anakin, solo. he was so young. Well, and, and Solo ends, um, was that a contributing factor? People were expecting to see Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, deep fake their, into 20 years old. That's their fault, but. Yeah, for, uh, yeah that's, that's a whole episode, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, Helen Mirren was amazing in red. She was, you know, this yeah. 
this uh, older, well-experienced assassin, and she was hilarious and super cool. So it's not a problem with her. It's just we have Daisy Ridley still. Let's like, yeah. why do we got to jump? You know, not to say that that wouldn't be maybe a second movie. Yeah, yeah. If this is successful, then we do another one that's forty years later, and um, yeah, have Ray coming out of retirement for for some issue. You know, she's been someplace green and wet, unlike the desert she grew up on, and um, enjoying mm-hmm. retirement, and then comes out and you know Helen Mirren knocks it out of the park. Yeah, but um, that's that's not the movie that I want currently. Yeah. So are you fine with Daisy? It sounds like you're fine with Daisy really playing Ray again. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I thought she was great in all three movies. Mm-hmm. There was uh, an excitement to her um, that, you know, just playing the role. It's like, okay, this was a super fan who got to be in a Star Wars movie. Um, that's what I always felt. And she just, she really, she liked what she was doing. And yeah. um, I liked Ray as a character. Yeah, me too. And she, Daisy had a lot of energy at, at the beginning in Force Awakens. It, Lead, like she was involved with the fans. She was, the interviews were great. And then the stupid fans, you know, trolled her on social media right. and called her names and she backed off and we hasn't been the same since, but I, at least in the public eye, but I still think she has that excitement for Ray. Then I think, um, I think she does great. And I like her as, uh, as part of the star Wars story. I, I think letting her come back and reprise it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say there's been a renaissance in Star Wars fans because all those idiot trolls still exist. Mm-hmm. But I think the positive fans are trying hard right now to to outshout the trolls. Yeah, I can see that. And, yeah. and have positive interactions with um, with um, the actors, re- realizing that it's not the actor that wrote the script. It's not the actor that directed it. If you're going to be angry with what they said on film, be angry with the writer. Um, not the actor. The actor can't change that. Um, mm-hmm. And then giving Ahmed Best that uh, that opportunity to to come back to Star Wars and let the fans love him, I thought mm. was super cool. Yeah. Um, so I would. I'm excited for it to yeah. be Daisy Ridley and, and to bring back Ray. Yeah. And do we want to see John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, um, anybody else? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, Kelly Tron, I wouldn't mind seeing any of them, even if it's like, you know, bit pieces, um, almost a cameo, but just like, Hey, I'm part of star Wars and I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Oscar Isaac as, as a, an actor and Poe, Poe is probably my favorite character from the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, as much as I like Daisy, Poe was just, he was just super cool. Um, and, uh, Geez, I'll never forget that sequence with uh, the First Order. It's like still holding for General Hux. Um, <laughs> that's like some of the most comedic Star Wars, and it's just loved it on screen. Um, so I would, I would definitely like to see the, them come back. Okay, um, I'm not sure that John would. I think he will. He's he's been warming up lately, on, at least on social media. Um, okay. Oh, good. I, I think it was just fallout from uh, Rise of Skywalker, where. He, you know, his his character was headed in one direction to be a Jedi, basically, right? Or a love and or a love interest for Ray, right. and they just dropped it, you know. Just yeah. And then yeah. he was a he was a bit character. He was a side character in Rise of Skywalker, and I think he was bothered by that. And I can appreciate that passion for I mean, sure. So and and I guess this would be an opportunity to rectify that. Yeah, 
exactly. Uh, Ray and Finn are together. They've been, mm. you know, a couple for, you know, this time and um, realize that he's got enough uh, force aptitude that he can become a Jedi and he's training. And maybe that's the struggle is he wants to be a Jedi and can't and, or, or, you know, just isn't as good as others. And it's frustrating for him. And there's a little bit of conflict there, mm -hmm. but we still get to see him again. And so uh, let's develop that character more because you're right. He got dropped. He was super cool. And we're like, Ooh, this guy can wield a lightsaber. Like, you know, a boss. Yeah. Um, he survived a fight with a Sith Lord, basically. Mm -hmm. um, he's no slouch. And then you're like, Oh, he's just kind of off on this side quest and yeah. um, doing silly stuff. <clears throat> um, so I, I would definitely like to see him again because I thought he was great. I liked the character of Finn. Um, I just, there was problems with writing. Mm -hmm. Not with yeah, him. I, yeah. I think if we get Ray and Finn together, whether they're in a relationship or just best friends, but they're, I think the key would be their training in the force and Ray's the leader because she's more powerful. Um, but John or Finn's there to kind of support that. And he's got his own story as well. Poe, I think would be in and out. Maybe they talk to him here and there and, but I don't know how involved he would be in this one based on what we've, you know, seen or heard so far from like what this movie's going to be about. Right. Uh, but, but I would like you, I would like to see him there. And even if it's just Maybe like the, a the cool uncle, yeah, uh, they're married and have kids and he shows up <laughs> and, you know, bring something crazy to the kids. And they're just like, really? Oh, seriously. <laughs> Do you remember what happened last time you brought a blaster into the house and gave it to the kids? Yeah. Um, you know, just a, the cool uncle that kind of, is in and out, but just to give them homage and just for mm -hmm. us to see Oscar on screen again. Yeah. And I think I was really hoping that this would be a trilogy because, you know, the, the word at the beginning of the sequel announcement of the sequel trilogy was that, you know, they do the sequels, they have the original trilogy actors kind of show up and then do a send off. They would basically pass on the mantle to these new guys, uh, Daisy, John and Oscar and then they would take that and run with the new trilogy episodes 10 11 12 right and so i was hoping they would they would do that maybe this is the beginning of that maybe they're like well we're not going to commit to a trilogy now uh based right. on lucasfilm's track record recently I, probably, I would say that's probably a good idea but let's do this one movie leave it open if it's good we can do you know the next one and then the next one with the, right. you know, the the big three of the sequel trilogy. I'm hoping that's what happens here. I think that would be a good way. And then you close that out and then do, do something whatever. else. What, you're right. Do something else. Yeah. Whatever's next. It's almost like some of the people making decisions are unaware of the wider Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's hundred percent true. I mean, if you get they're, they're not aware of all these other characters and stories and worlds and storylines and things that are possibilities. Mm -hmm. And they're fixated on the three, the movies that they saw, you know, 40 years ago. And they don't understand that there's more to the entire galaxy than, than, than that. Yeah. Well, and Kathleen Kennedy during the rise of Skywalker media tour around that time, at least she made a statement like, it's not like we have a bunch of, comic books or novels to base stories off of. We got to make this stuff as we go along. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's like, she's delusional. She has no idea. Well, and that, well, that's another. Are you, are you president of Lucasfilm and have access to all these 
Aren't you aware decades of, of books that's... and material that's there? Well, but then that, I mean, off, it's a little off topic, but then that goes into the let's not pay the authors for stuff that we purchased uh, from with the yeah. purchase of Lucasfilm with Disney. That's true. Even though she didn't she come with Lucasfilm? Wasn't she? Yeah, she Lucasfilm? was. Yeah, George Lucas succeeded his leadership role to Kathleen Kennedy prior to the buyout, like a year or so prior to the buyout. Okay, does she have dementia then? <clears throat> Is she unaware of decades of comic books and books and mm-hmm. and everything else? That's well, out no. There, video games and it just doesn't make sense because she was in an interview like with George Lucas during that process of him, you know, relinquishing his his leadership role there. There was interviews done with him and her at a table with an interviewer, and he says, you know, we have all this material. Um, and it's, you know, prior, and we kind of pick and pull from it here and there because they did that with the Clone Wars, right? They would pull some storylines or a character and kind of rewrite it or redo it. And she was sitting there, right? there listening. So I don't know. She was part of that conversation. So I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. It's just so dumb. And so there's that and then just her inability to commit to a, a movie, to a story. Like what what is going on? And that's been a, a big argument amongst fans in general, right? You know, fire Kathleen Kennedy. She doesn't know what she's doing. Right. I don't know if she needs to be fired, but someone needs to be hired that knows what to do and how to do it. If it's not her. Yeah. I I don't have a lot of faith in her. Yeah. I don't either at this point. Um, I think she needs to go. I think a real star Wars fan needs to come in. Well, that's what we got with Filoni, right? That's why yeah. he, he's been successful, so successful because he does know Star Wars. Right, he does bring in characters from previous comics, from previous books, and the Legends right. era. He knows it, yeah. And if he doesn't know it, he obviously has a couple of friends that are, you know, whispering to him like, "Hey, this would be cool. Hey, there's this guy from this particular comic series." And and then, um, I mean, it's impossible for one person to keep it all straight. But if you got a team mm-hmm. of uh, of super nerds that have read it all and and remember it. Yeah. And he seems to care. And that that phrase, like, we don't have comic books or novels to draw from. It's like, it's just everything that's wrong at Disney and Lucasfilm currently. Yeah. Um, and frustrating. Well, and supposedly like there's, a, there's a story group, right, that has all that information. And they, I don't know what they're doing. Do they not uh, talk to her? Or <laughs> is that just a fable? There is no story group. Well, there we used just, to be at least. <laughs> And they were prior to prior to the Disney buyout. They were involved, and they were um, they had some like I followed them on Twitter, and they had always had good comments about this and that. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the. It seems like a a big. I bet the behind the scenes stories at Lucasfilm are <laughs> a soap opera, pretty dramatic. I, I'm uh, thinking they are, I, I, and I think um, a lot of it is Disney. I, I think. Um, Disney's always had a tight rein, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why Pixar got tired of working with them. Yeah. Um, it was because Disney's it is this evil overlord, right? They want total control, creative and otherwise, even with the, when they're not capable of of having that control or don't have the vision necessary to complete a project. Yeah, and it could be. I it. think this is this is coming out, um, and <clears throat> there there needs to be a change. Um, because they haven't been as successful as they could be, um, especially with the prequel trilogy. And then the uh, the TV shows are hit or miss, right? Um, people loved Andor, or, well, 
everybody I talked to did, loved Andor, was kind of wishy-washy on Book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian's been super popular, but is it Mando or is it Grogu? Because you got this super cute character that, you know, the adventures of, of Din and Grogu. Um, mm-hmm. What part is, is drawing the fans to that? Um, but even this last season, there was a couple episodes where like, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. And, and that's what gives me pause about these three movies. Um, because I expect, you know, part of me expects six months from now, I was like, just kidding. Um, we've, you know, indefinitely suspended production on these three movies, <laughs> but we're going to yeah. do these other two movies. Yeah. And I was like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. It's frustrating. it's frustrating. Yep. So, yep. But yeah, we will see how this goes. I, of the three, which one are you looking forward to most? Would you say? Yeah, I think you said earlier the Dave Filoni project. Yeah, just because <clears throat> I believe in Dave. <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, and partially, I think of the three, I think this one has the most likelihood of being completed yeah. um, because of his his clout and his success. I think even if if whoever's in charge of canceling stuff, if that's Kathleen Kennedy or somebody else, um, I don't think they can say no to Dave. So, um, and I do love Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. The Mandalorians as a culture and seeing them on screen. And so I would really, really like to see the possibilities of tying these shows together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't disagree. I, I, but I would say the the new Ray movie 15 years after rise of Skywalker. That's, uh, that's what I'm interested in most. I would say, cause that's the most I mean, potential. All three, all three have great ideas, but uh, yeah, you're right. That does have a lot of potential because it could lead into two more movies. And, you know, mm-hmm. so that gives us a, a fourth trilogy. So, um, yeah. that's, a, it's a good question. I think all three have potential, right? Hopefully we see all three. Yes. <laughs> and more. I mean, they haven't officially well, canceled Rogue Squadron. They haven't officially canceled Ryan Johnson's thing. So hopefully they they come out, you know, in the next 10 years. Problem is Rogue Squadron. I mean, if if we're going to throw them all in there, Rogue Squadron would be the one I absolutely want to see. The book was great and I love Wedge. Um I think he's super cool and underutilized and getting to see him develop rogue squadron and their adventures, I think would be just amazing. It's top gun in space, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That would be pretty sweet. Problem is, uh, by the time they get these movies up and running, I'm going to be like an old man and probably don't even care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I'm going to drive my amigo into star Wars well beyond the point that I can't walk anymore. And yeah, I'm sure I'll be there when I'm 90. (laughs) Because, uh, I mean, that's the hope, right? Is we're still watching these when we're 90, mm-hmm. um, having a watch party with, with grandkids and their friends. <laughs> that would be pretty 40 sweet. 40 years from now, you know, yeah. 80 plus years of Star Wars, because yeah. it would be unprecedented. Yeah. It already yeah. is, right? I mean, we're coming up on 50-year anniversary of A New Hope, four years from now. Right. And is there any other movie series that's been going pretty strong, really, for 50 years? Uh, uh, hope. Yeah. Uh, I mean, James Bond, books. maybe, but then yeah, I don't James think Bond, that would be it. I don't think they're as strong as, as Star Wars is, though. No, it's passionate. No, no. Well, you don't have collectors collecting stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's not. There's not uh, a James Bond uh, con. Right. Yeah, there's no big celebration for for Bonds, and 
the the two comic cons I've been to, there was no Bond characters walking around in cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, there I are think... a handful of podcasts out there for Bonds, but it's yeah. a handful, right? Yeah. Compared to um, Star a, Wars, where there's a million dozens. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think that is kind of the the closest one, maybe DC or Marvel, but they're probably more DC than Marvel as far as like longevity is with movies. Uh, right. Cause Superman was first. Um, but there's, there's no, there's less continuity in those, right? Yeah. Especially DC. They keep rebooting and it's the new yeah. actor and it's the yeah. same story over and over. Yeah. Um, it's tell the story and, story that we've seen five yeah. times. Right. Um, so, I mean, of a coherent storyline where there's progression to it, there's nothing mm-hmm. else. And yeah. even Bonds, um, even Bonds, um, he's the exact same age every yeah. movie, right? Yeah, he's always like 30, 35, maybe yeah. 40. And I mean, and that's some of the, the catch of the movie, but you don't have this progression. Um, yeah. I mean, you kind of did in this, this the Daniel Craig series, right? You yeah. see him as he first gets his double O license. And then you see him kind of, of getting tired. And then unfortunately, spoiler alert, we see him die. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there was a mini, a, a mini progression and evolution there, but that was just with one every other time um, we're seeing bond at the prime of his career. So it's um, the movies have been around longer, but I don't say they compare to Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see when these movies actually come out and, all that fun stuff, but we will keep talking about it. Hopefully as more info comes out, we'll, we'll be able to address it and not have to have the, the episode where we're like, well, those movies we talked about back in May, 2023, <laughs> they're not happening. So yeah. Okay. Anything else on these movies, any other comments or ideas you have before we wrap things up? No, not really. I think we've covered everything. Just yeah. excitement for new stuff and yeah. fingers crossed that uh that they come to fruition and we see yeah. them in a few years. <laughs> yeah so same uh we're gonna thank you guys for joining us here on the credible nurse podcast as we talk star wars uh we will continue to do so harry and i will be having like a star wars series uh, of of things but we also on the credible nurse podcast we'll also be talking other things like we're doing an indie podcast uh we'll be doing some wheel of time stuff cosmere stuff um Marvel reviews. We are behind on the Marvel stuff, but uh, we'll get back on it here soon. But uh, stay tuned and subscribe to our podcast. You'll be able to, you know, get more updates on the next uh, episode that we release, and be able to stay on top of things. So we appreciate you watching. Appreciate you guys listening. We want to thank those who have joined uh, recently in subscribing to the channel and. You know, being a part of the audience, whether you're listening or watching, we really appreciate it. Uh, we like, there's been comments here and there that uh, you guys have made. We really like interacting with you guys and just, you know, seeing what you guys have to say. So if you have the opportunity, uh, subscribe, comment on the video as well. So we appreciate that. But thanks, guys, for listening and watching. And uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with you always.